And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. Joshua 7.20 Dear Lord, meditating on Joshua 7 and 8, I will be sure not to take any mindsets and idols that are contrary to the ways of the Lord. I come against the mindset of Achan that would have me take possession of what is not mine. I will be patient and wait for you to bring my perfect blessing to me. Like Joshua, if there is anything in my life that would stop me from winning the battles, I pray that you will help me identify them and then remove them from my life. When I experience moments of setbacks, I will realign myself and reassess my heart to make sure that I'm living in complete obedience to you, Lord. When my victories seem far in between, I will stop and go back to my last place of disobedience so that I can make it right and move forward in my promise. Through your word, I have all the promises and strategies needed to win every battle. You are with me, Lord. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Be strong and courageous. With you, God, I've got this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. Achan sins. In our last story, we learned of God's enormous power. With the marching and shouts of Israel, the walls of Jericho crumbled and the Hebrew army stormed the city. Now we learn about Israel's self-confidence being shattered by loss and idolatry. Achan sins and hides it from Joshua, and the sins of Israel cause stumbling across the land. Inspired by the book of Joshua. Hello, Jack Graham here with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our previous episode, we heard how God delivered the city of Jericho to the Israelites in a surprising and miraculous way. With the blowing of trumpets and the shouting of his people, God caused the walls of Jericho to collapse into rubble. The Israelites had stormed the exposed city with God's order to destroy everything but the gold, silver, bronze, and iron, which were to be taken for the Lord's treasury. They were warned not to keep plunder for themselves, lest they bring trouble on the whole camp. Today we learn of one man named Achan, whose greed got the best of him, and how his secret sin, an act of disobedience and deceit, brings heartache to all around him. Joshua and his army will be left perplexed as they lose in battle, but the truth will come out, and the people will learn that God is not to be defied. Let's listen now to today's reading. The faithful arm of God carried Israel to victory. The Israelite army laughed and cheered in the streets of Jericho. The day was drawing to a close, and the men were gathering the spoils of war taking anything valuable to be stored for the rest of Israel. Joshua instructed specifically that any idols that caused their hearts to stumble should be ignored. For God had given them victory 
and to take idols as spoils of war would be spitting in the face of the Lord. Achan from the tribe of Judah was rummaging around in the wreckage, searching for anything valuable or interesting. At the corner of his eye, he spotted something. An altar to some of the Jericho gods stood there perfectly intact. The altar was gold, and on it several Canaanite idols were spread across its base. They glimmered and reflected back in Achan's eyes. Achan smiled as he looked around him to see if anyone was watching. Then he took the idols and stuffed them in his bag. Unbeknownst to Achan, the anger of God was awakened against him that moment. Achan did not know that his idolatry would send Israel into heartache. Joshua sent spies to the neighboring land of Ai. The spies came back with a good report, saying that they only needed two to three thousand men in order to take the land, for the army was small there and the city was vulnerable. So Joshua and his men marched forward towards Ai. Achan was among them, still hiding his idols. Joshua and the army of Israel drew their swords. Their marching turned into running, and they shouted as they stormed the city of Ai. I met them with great strength. The battle raged, and the people of Israel began to fall one by one. Swords tore apart the flesh of thirty-six Israelite men, and it became apparent to Joshua that they would not win this battle. Retreat! Joshua yelled, and the army of Israel fled to the mountains. Dirty, bloodied, and bruised, the men sat there, astonished. After such a glorious victory in Jericho, how could they have lost? Their hearts melted, and their optimism disappeared like vapor. Joshua fell before God at the ark. He lay there until evening. Joshua tightened his jaw. His face was on the ground, and dust was on his head. His eyes were sealed shut, and he was holding back tears. Why did you bring us over the Jordan at all? Joshua asked. Would you bring us out here just to have us slaughtered? We have fled from our enemies. Word will spread of our cowardice, and they will be emboldened to come out and slaughter us. Joshua finally began to cry. His heart was broken over such a tragic loss. Although thirty-six men was not a large military blow, it meant everything to Israel. The Lord had no patience or compassion listening to Joshua's words. Get up! He yelled, "Why do you fall on your face? The people have broken their promise to me. They have stolen idols. If I am not their God, then why would I grant them victory?" God spoke with firmness, and Joshua listened with anger. Joshua rose early and brought every tribe of Israel before him. He paced in front of them, staring. He pointed to the tribe of Judah and brought them forward. Then all those in the tribe of Judah were brought before Joshua. One by one, they brought their case before Joshua and left. Then Achan came forward. "What have you done?" Joshua asked. Immediately, Achan crumbled. He confessed to taking idols from Jericho and storing them underneath his tent. So Joshua sent his men to ransack the tent. They brought all the gold and silver Achan had taken. And showcased it in front of all the people. They grabbed Achan, his family, and all the idols he had taken, and dragged them to the valley of Achor. 
Why have you done this? Joshua asked. Afterwards, he said nothing. They bound Achan in the middle of the valley. Each member of the tribe picked up stones. One by one, they hurled stones at Achan. Blood and screams scattered across the field. Achan writhed before them, bound and unable to free himself. Stone after stone struck Achan until he breathed his last. Joshua then took Achan along with his idols and burned them. Everyone looked as Achan melted with his idols. He shared their fate, destined to become nothing. The anger of God disappeared with the ashes of Achan and his idols. God turned to Joshua and said, Do not be afraid to go against I once again. I have given them into your hand. Joshua felt the confidence of the Lord return to him. This time, Joshua gathered 30,000 of his finest men to take Ai with force. The battle would not be easy, and it would require tact and patience. So Joshua and all the fighting men rose up to go towards Ai. Joshua laid out his plan before them and said, Twenty-five-thousand of you shall lie in waiting on the outskirts of the city. I and five thousand of my men will storm the city and clash with I. When they come out to battle, we will flee as we did before. When they come after us, you will ambush the city and set it ablaze. They schemed all night, strategizing and bickering. The next morning, they were ready. Joshua and five thousand of his men met I and his army for battle. The two forces clashed. The Israelite army feigned weakness and tucked tail and ran from I. Filled with confidence, I pursued Israel to finish them once and for all. The five thousand men fled to the hills, luring I further and further from their city. Then, like mighty waves crashing upon the rocks, twenty-five thousand of Israel's warriors clashed against the city of Ai. The land stood no chance, and they set it ablaze for all the world to see. The men of Ai looked back to see their city rising up in smoke and flames. As they looked back, the five thousand men of Israel leapt like a lion against its prey. The jaws of Israel's army locked on to the neck of Ai, they tore them apart limb from limb, sparing no soldier. None were able to escape, and the king of Ai was taken captive and brought to Joshua. Miles away in Ai, more men arose from the city to come against the army of Israel. Israel was surrounded by soldiers from the right and from the left. Swords flew and shields burst. The flames in the city grew larger and larger, and ash filled the air. Israel fought among the flames dousing the fire with the blood of their enemies. All fell at the edge of their sword. A total of 12,000 bodies burned with the city of Ai. Only the livestock was spared as plunder. The rest was left as a heap of ruins and a monument to God's greatness. Joshua hung the king of Ai, and he remained there for the rest of the day. As the sun was setting across the land, Joshua threw the king's body among the ashes of his city. The air smelled of blood, metal, and ash. Joshua raised his javelin and screamed a war cry of victory. All 30,000 men joined in their shouts. The roaring of Israel shook the ground. Another victory. The promised land was closer. They built an altar to God and renewed their covenant with him. 
With God as their mighty warrior king, no nation would ever stand against them and prevail. Standing among the ash, a shout of victory bellowed across the land for all to hear. Today's reading opens in the aftermath of the Battle of Jericho. The people were rejoicing over the victory that God had given them in their first challenge in the Promised Land. God knew they would be quick to turn away as they had done many times before, so He had commanded them to keep no spoils for themselves. It was a test. The shrines and the idols in Jericho would be a stumbling block, so they must be completely destroyed. But one man named Achan was captivated by the spoils and took some for himself. He knew it was wrong because he carefully hid what he had taken in his tent. Nobody knew. At least he thought. God, of course, knew. And this act of disrespect and defiance of God, his disobedience, angered the Lord greatly. This was secret sin, sin in the camp, and it had to be dealt with. So when Joshua and his army went into battle against the neighboring city of Ai, his men met a formidable foe and an ignominious defeat. As 36 Israelite men were cut down, and this forced Joshua to call a retreat. They returned to camp defeated, not knowing what had happened. What was God doing, Joshua wondered. Downcast and dispirited, Joshua fell before the ark and cried out to God, asking him, why has this happened? Won't this make you and us look bad before the nations? But God was having none of this. He called for Joshua to get up, and then he laid out the accusation that no doubt stunned Joshua, and we read about it here in Joshua 7, verses 11 through 12. Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things that are among you. This secret sin, this single act of disobedience, would not stand. God is teaching every one of us a lesson that we must confess our sins and not hide them away, that a divided heart cannot walk with God and God cannot use us with sin in our lives. God instructed Joshua as to how they would find the culprit. And just as he said, the guilty party was discovered. Achan came forward and confessed his sin, surely to the anger and shock of everyone around them. Achan and the things that he had taken were quickly destroyed, and judgment came upon Achan and his family. He sent Joshua once more to battle at Ai, and this time the victory was commanding. Not a soul was left standing, only the livestock. God's blessing and protection was once again upon his people, just as he had promised. Hope is restored, and the neighboring cities feared the God of Israel and his army. The next time, we're going to learn about a new approach to war that one of those neighbors employs. Dear God, we pray that you would search our hearts. And if there is any sin, if there is a secret sin, if there is a buried sin in our lives, that we would confess it and find forgiveness, that we would learn to obey you always and never try to cover up our disobedience to you. Thank you for always showing us mercy when we come to you. 
We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who made it possible for us to confess our sins and to be forgiven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible reading and prayer the priority of your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a difference, a big difference, an eternal difference in someone else's life. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.